the last few weeks, we, we, are, we are transitioning now, but it's, it's going, I think it will be a smooth transition because we have been talking about the last few weeks that how all of us have a responsibility as Christians, as followers of Jesus, and, and we back this up biblically. This isn't something I made up. Uh, we looked at how we are all called to be uh, every minister, every mission, sorry, every member is a minister, a priest, a missionary, and an ambassador for Christ. And we looked at that the last few weeks. We saw the biblical reasons why we are expected to be those things for Jesus, that every single one of us have an opportunity to minister within our local church, in our local settings. Now, we minister according to the gifts that God has given us, the calling that he has given us. For some people, that means you're going to be a preacher, right, standing up here delivering God's word to his people. Uh, for other people, you're going to be serving in many other ways, but we are all called to minister, and it's the job of the leaders of the church to equip the saints, to equip the people in the church to be those ministers, to be the priests that he has called us to be, according to Exodus 19, 5 and 6, and 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. It is our job not only to do that, but it's our job to be missionaries, to be missionaries locally, to live missional lives where when we get out of the bed in the morning, we are wondering who we are going to have the opportunity to share the love of Jesus with. Um, in fact, this morning, uh, I was a little under the weather this week, as many, many people are right now. And um, when I, I was talking to Tim and was telling him, that, you know, I, I wish I could go back and get in the bed. And Melanie said that it's too bad because I've got to preach and baptize people. And so... Uh, that, needed that exhortation this morning, that, you know, encouragement. And that sometimes we need that, don't we? We need that encouragement to be the missionaries, to be the ministers, the priests that God has called us to be. And then last week, we looked at how God has called all of us not only to be ministers of reconciliation, where we go and tell the lost world about Jesus who can reconcile them with God, who can make, give them a right relationship with God, uh, but we are to be ambassadors for Christ, that we represent Christ to the, to the world. And, and just as Christ represents us to the Father, we go and we, we move people toward Jesus so that they can have a relationship with him, so that they can put their faith in him and be saved and, and be who God has called them to be. Not just to await the gift that awaits us. Uh, that, I said await twice there, but that's okay. Uh, in heaven... But right now, to be who God has called us to be right now, starting, starting immediately, living for him for an eternity, but, but right now on this side of heaven, we have a responsibility to tell people about Jesus while we still have time. And so there's pressure in that, knowing that we have these roles. And last Sunday night, we, we, I asked a question uh, because of something that uh, testimony Lynn Johnson gave. I asked a question. I said, how many of you did not know that this was your responsibility um, before we started looking at the scripture in this way. And several people raised their hands. And so there's a, there's a little bit, if you have, with responsibility uh, comes a little bit of pressure, doesn't it? And so how are we going to do this? It, it, because this is a big task. And we answered that in, uh, in, in those sermons that over the last few weeks. And primarily... God is, is going to equip us. He'll equip us, of course, through developing leaders within the local church, but he'll also equip us with the power of the Holy Spirit. God himself dwells in us. And so 
now what I want us to do is I want us to shift a little bit. And I want us to talk, we're not going to stop talking about missions, but I want us to talk about what our motivation for missions should be. And I want us to talk about um, where that empowering comes from in wanting to reach the world for Christ. And so, uh, and, and that motivation. And so what we're going to do is a few years ago, when I first got here, we looked at Psalm 96 and Psalm 67, except we camped out at Psalm 96 for most of the sermon, and I just basically read Psalm 67. Today, we're going to flip that and do the opposite. We're going to read Psalm 96 first, and then I will give minimal t- uh, commentary as we're going through Psalm 96. It's just really good, and it will set up where we're going in Psalm 67. It's a bridge from where we have been to where we are going. And so if you, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Psalm 96, and I'm going to... Um, just read through this, and I might stop and talk every once in a while. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. I'm going to pause here for just a moment and say, why, why are we doing this? Why are we singing these praises? Why are we t- ascribing to the Lord glory? Because it's due him. He deserves it. We're not... We're not Forcing something. Worship isn't when you force yourself to sing a song. I, I, I might have sung one with that attitude before or seen, seen someone. I'm not pointing any fingers or anything. Uh, but I might have seen some people at times sing a little like, No, that's not worship. Worship is when we see God. Of course, I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically here, seeing him. We can't literally see him uh, except the love that we have for one another and Christ on earth and through his word. But when we see God at work in our lives, when we see God and, and in doing so, what choice do we have but worship? How incredible is God? How incredible is the love of Jesus? How grateful are you that he has forgiven you of your sins and saved you from the, the, the punishment of those sins. Are you grateful for that? I am grateful. So ascribe to the Lord what is due him, what is due his name. And so when we look at what God has done in our lives, when we look at who he is, when we walk outside and we see his creation, how incredible it is. I mean, when we think about the complexity of the human body and how this thing works, and, and just how he upholds it all by the power of his word, according to Colossians 1. When we look at those things and see those things, we see his works, it should point us in the direction of worshiping him. And, and when we love him, and when we see him at work, and we, when we profess his fame and his power, how could we not share that with people? It, it, it's like... Um, I haven't heard many people talk positively, at least, 
about the Arkansas Razorbacks football program lately. In fact, we're a little embarrassed by it. And I don't appreciate the smiles of those of you who are not Razorbacks fans right now. Um, I see you Sooners and Longhorns fans in here. All right. So it's been rough. So I take John Michael to his first football game last weekend, Western Kentucky, because I thought if we're going to win any game, it's that game, right? Wrong. Uh, So at the end of the first quarter, he was like, uh, hey, you want to go at halftime? Like I paid too much money for these tickets. Actually, the tickets were free. But, by the way, uh, I don't know if you guys heard about what happened here in town, but somebody uh, was parked in the CV's parking lot, and they had their windows down with Razorback tickets on the dash. There were two of them there, and when they got back, there were four of them. Uh, <laughs> but, anyway, when, when things are going that bad, you, you don't really want to talk about it, right? You don't really... You, the pride isn't there like it, like it normally is. Uh, but then yesterday I took him to a, I have to redeem myself. I don't want him like rooting for Oklahoma or something. Come on. <laughs> um, and so I had to, you know, I had to give him a better taste in his mouth. So we went to a basketball game, a Razorbacks basketball game. Now that was a lot more fun watching them play basketball. Uh, now I don't know how it's going to be when we actually play people with height, but it was fun playing Montana yesterday and 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 so when how many of y'all remember uh, I think it was 94 right Corliss and Scotty and or all, all the all those guys uh, how many of y'all remember talking about that how many of y'all if we sat down and I brought that up you could still talk about that okay because they deserve it right they were, that was a great team. They played hard. Nolan had them running up and down hills. Nolan, I mean, they, they were in shape. They were ready to run. They were ready to compete with anybody. And so, of course, we're willing to talk about them. And, and, and guys, that's a sports team. And I love sports. Don't get me wrong. I love a lot of sports. But that's a sports team. And the reason that we're able and willing to talk about them is because in, in the world of sports, they've earned it. They deserve that. So how much more has God earned for us to talk about him? And not ashamedly, but boldly, with gratitude, with joy for what he's done in our life. And I'm not saying we have to be like annoying or beat people over the head with the Bible. But we, in love, because we love God, we want to talk about him. Because he's deserved it, he has earned it, we want to talk about him. Okay, there's my little commentary in the middle there. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. So we are to go and say among the nations what? The Lord reigns. And, and by the way, God loves us so much that he, what did he do? According to John 3, 16, he sent his son. But he's also a just and holy God. And one day he will judge the people. He will judge all people. And 
we can be judged according to our works, which is not good for us, because if, if we're judged according to whether we kept the law perfectly or not, we didn't. There is none righteous. No, not one, according to Scripture. And so when, when he judges us, we want him to judge us not according to our righteousness, but according to Jesus' righteousness. And we want him to see Jesus in us, not to see our works. And when, if that's the case, if we have placed our faith in Jesus and we have accepted the payment that Jesus made for our sins on the cross, then through faith, we have a relationship with Jesus and he doesn't judge us. We get to enter into heaven. We get to be with him for an eternity. And he, that's what he wants. He wants it so much that he was willing to send his son. Jesus wanted it so much that he was willing to go to the cross. And so he desires that, but judgment is coming, and we have to realize that. So say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Verse 11, let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. If, if, the, if creation is going to praise him, if creation reflects his glory, how many of you have ever been out in a, in, in a night sky looking up and the the stars just amaze you how many of you have ever felt the presence of God just by looking at his creation so many of us that is one of the ways that God speaks to us and and when we see that creation can praise him we're a part of creation we're creatures created by God for a relationship with him We were created to worship him. We were created to live in this relationship with him. And when I say worship, don't just think like an angel with a harp on a cloud, okay? Worship is so much more than that. Worship is changing a tire for someone who needs it. Worship is loving your child, whether they deserve it or not in that moment. Worship is when you love God and that affects you and out of obedience and love for him, you live your life in, in a way that honors him and pleases him. Worship is anything you do to ascribe the Lord, the glory due his name, to ascribe to the Lord his worth. Now, we can't do that fully, but we can do it to the best of our ability. And through the power of Christ, worship can be pretty beautiful sometimes. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you in thinking on God and thinking about him. Think of of his truths and think of who he is. And as we're thinking about that and as we're doing that, it will help us to have the right perspective. It will help us to have the right vision of who he is to help us to worship. So... Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. I'm, I'm past that. I'm sorry. Verse, finishing verse 12, then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Verse 13, before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Now, there's a lot going on here. First, in this psalm, we see uh, the nations, the peoples, the plurality of the groups of people 
who will be worshiping him and who should be worshiping him. And so right here we see that we have a responsibility to take his name to the earth. And, and so before we start talking about the how, I just wanted to read this psalm because this psalm reminds us of, of that this is what we should be doing, that we should be glorifying him. If we go back to verse 1, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. We have a responsibility to tell of what God has been doing. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. We have a responsibility to do that. So with that said, let's turn to Psalm 67. And Psalm 67 is one of my favorite uh, passages in the Bible. And sometimes we, you know, we have different favorites for different reasons. Um, for me, it's because when I got saved, I got saved in January of 99. Uh, I was a senior in high school and um, headed to college. And that same time period is when uh, the passion movement began, if you've ever heard of passion. And during that time, um, Louis Giglio, Chris Tomlin, David Crowder, those guys were doing this. And, and John Piper was there to, to preach. And he preached a message based out of this psalm, and specifically one verse, and we'll get to that. Uh, but when he preached that message, it was like a perfect storm of like God using that in my life at that moment to give me a heart for the nations, not just because they deserve to know about him, and they do. I mean, they're created in the image of God. They are image bearers of God. They, he loves them. He, that's why he created them. He desires for them to be saved. The Bible tells us that God desires that no man shall perish with, without Christ, right? And so we are, we have this responsibility. So of course there's that, but also getting a, a good picture of God's glory and how he deserves, God deserves for us to go and tell people about him because he deserves people's worship as we've been talking about over the last several weeks. And so in Psalm 67, this has just always been a special psalm to me. And, and as you see, if you have uh, scripture, if you have your Bible in front of you, or you can see here on the screen, that this is a song, as most psalms or all psalms are, and it's to be played with stringed instruments. And so I'm going to sing this to you now. No, I'm just playing. I'm not going to do that. Um, but it is like lyrical, and it's beautiful. And I love this psalm, and it, it's one of my favorites. And it, I'm just going to say it, okay, and, and then we'll look at it. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known in all the earth, that your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. So there's something here that... Uh, in this that is just special. First of all, let's look at, the, at verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. And then there's this word, selah, selah, that um, we're, we're not exactly sure what it is. It shows up in the Psalms. Some people believe it's a pause. Some people believe it's some sort of direction musically, um, but it's there. And so may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. I have a question, and I want you to be honest. I want you to think about something. 
And I am going to ask you to raise your hand, so don't be shy. Um, But think about this. How many of you feel wrong about asking God for blessings? Not necessarily like, uh, God, I need a million dollars. I'm not saying like that. I'm just saying in life, to ask him to bless you. Does anybody feel a little odd about that? A few, few people? So... The thing is, is that we shouldn't feel odd about that if we're asking for those blessings for the right reasons. If we're asking for those blessings just so we can get richer and fatter and all that, you know, just to enjoy life without any other responsibility connected or any other responsibility to wealth or to blessings connected, then yeah, you should probably feel bad about that because those things that you're asking for is just going to give you a heart of not taking care of people even more. It's going to make you, how many of you have seen someone who the, the wealthier they got, the greedier they got? We've seen that, right? And we have to be careful about that. Um, but if we have a right relationship with God and a right heart for God, then if we are be, if we're being blessed, what are we turning around and doing with those blessings? We're blessing others, exactly. And so in that sense, if, if you are just like the funnel through which God is pouring his blessings to others, then awesome. Like, pour your blessings in me, God. Bless me. And I, I want to be faithful with those blessings. I want to be a, a good steward of what he has given me. And, and I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not ashamed to ask God to bless me. I am actually... Um, fine with that, and I do it. I ask God to bless me because I want him to bless me because I know, first of all, I love him. I'm not saying I, that I couldn't fall. I'm not saying that I could, that this could turn into greed and selfishness quickly, but I want God to bless me so that I can bless others. I want God to give me as much money as he sees fit to give me so that I can turn around and bless others with that money, to bless our church and our community with that money. I'm not looking to get rich. I have no desire to be rich. I, I do enjoy being able to pay my bills. There are times when I open my cabinets and they're full of food, and I praise God because there have been lots of years of my life where that has not been the case. I, I can remember being a child and not knowing what we were going to eat. Like there, w- there was nothing in the cabinet. We were out of food. The electricity was being turned off. I can remember being an adult and Rose and I going to get a dollar burger to share it because that's about all we had was a dollar. And that's fine. Like, I praise God for those times because he saw us through those times and he was God in those times just as he's God when the cabinets are full. And in fact, there were things I learned about him in the midst of that that chaos and suffering that I will not learn with a full stomach and with full cabinets. And so God speaks to us in different ways in different seasons. But I think it is biblically okay for us to ask God to bless us as long as we're using those blessings for his glory. And so what did they do here in verse 1? And and this is a message of thanksgiving. This is something that they did at the harvest. This is, we're going to see in this that some of this sounds a lot like something that Aaron, Moses' brother, a priest, something that Aaron said during uh, uh, the harvest Thanksgiving. And so, uh, giving thanks for the harvest. And so, um, 
may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Now, of course, this means like, that God would see us in favor, that God, that he would look at us to make his face shine upon us, that God would, would, would light up when he sees us. Um, there are times when I look at my kids and I am a proud father. I mean, there are also times when I look at my kids and I'm glad that no one's there to see me make that face. But there are times when I look at my kids and I'm just, man, I can't believe he or she did that. That is just incredible. Um, and, and this is what we're saying, that God would make his face to shine upon us, that he would be so proud of us and so in love with us that he would just pour out his blessings on us. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That's what we want. How many of you would be fine with God pouring out his blessings on you? Uh, okay, good. At least three of you. All right. So going to verse two. But there's a reason for it. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth. This is what we were just talking about, that we are blessed to be a blessing. If we were to go back to, to uh, Genesis chapter 12 and we were to look at God's interaction with Abraham or Abram at that time, he's calling Abram and he says, I am going to bless you and you will be a blessing to whom? All nations. All nations. And now ultimately that comes through Jesus, that the descendant of Abraham is going to be the savior of the world. <laughs> but but through Abraham, God had called Abram to follow him and his descendants to follow him, who we, the Israelites, the Jewish people. And they were to be his kingdom of priests to the world, as we talked about in weeks past. And they were to make him known among the earth. This is present throughout the whole Bible. But we, we don't see it as often as we should because the Israelite people, as Christians today do also, the Israelite people, over and over and over again, they stopped being the blessing they were supposed to be to other people, and they became the oppressors of not just other people, they became the oppressors of their own people. They became the oppressors of, of the poor. They became the oppressors of the widows and the orphans. They became the oppressors of women. And, and we can see that throughout Scripture. We can see that. And again, I'm not like, throwing a stone at them because we do the same thing today as Christians when we're not living for Christ the way we should. And so with things, because there was this cycle of them falling out of God's favor because of their sin and them having to repent, and usually that repentance came because God brought in some foreign power to oppress them in return, and they would cry out for his help and uh, when they repented, he would come and help them. He would send, he would raise up a leader who would deliver them, and he would send his help, and then they would begin to worship him again. And, and there were, there's a few times when they're actually doing what God has called them to do. They're being who God has called them to be. And in those times, they're being a blessing. <clears throat> and we are to be, a, we are to ask for blessings so that we can be a blessing. That your way may be known on earth. Your saving power among all nations. <clears throat> How incredible is this? Of course, they're probably talking about uh, your saving power in the sense of, uh, if they're singing this song at the harvest, 
they're saying, hey, God has provided for us. He has given us food to eat. He has saved our lives. He has sustained us. There's an actual physical thing going on here. But spiritually, in the light of Jesus, in the light of the New Testament, we know that this is talking about if we are who God, if we act the way that God has called us to act, if we live in the reality of who God has called us to be, if we are that person, if we are those people, then we are going to be a blessing to the people in the world around us, and people are going to put their faith in him. If we are living out our faith in the way that the Bible has called us to, then people will put our faith, their faith in him. And so how can we do that, though? How can we be who God has called us to be? It's in the power of Christ. And it's in relying on him to provide what we need in order to do that. So how do we do that? Well, the way we do that is we say, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. We ask for his blessing. We ask for him to do it, to give us everything we need to be the people that God has called us to be. And I don't know what that is. Sometimes that's a full cabinet. Sometimes that's an empty cabinet. God knows what we need. And God is going to bless us in the way that we need to be blessed. But that's the way that he, he knows we need. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. I mean, how amazing would it be if God's people were living for him so much that revival began to come throughout our world. And I will say that there are nations where revival is happening right now in incredible ways, where, God, where, where people are willing to lay down their lives for Christ, and as they're being killed, hundreds, thousands are raising up, are becoming Christians, and God is calling people to himself, and God is, is invigorating this, these communities around the world to live for him in power. And so it's happening. And we might not see it right here in America, but it's happening. And so how incredible would it be with all the resources that God has blessed our country with, that God has blessed us with, how incredible would it be if all of us had heart for God in such a way that we were willing to do whatever it takes to be a blessing to others. And now I know that I keep going back to financial blessings. There's a lot of ways to be a blessing to others without us talking about finances. But finances is one of those just easy to relate culturally throughout any culture. And so that's why I'm using it as an example. But we have been given so many blessings in our country. Even our poor, for the most part, except for the extremely impoverished, even our poor are wealthy compared to other people around the world. I have been in countries, I have been in places where the poverty would just knock you down, where it was just incredibly sad. And yet the children are running around with smiles on their faces. They're playing, they're children. They're being kids. They don't know any differently. And, and so I have been in places where not only could I not drink the water, there have been in lots of places where I couldn't drink the water, but I've been in places where the local people couldn't even drink the water. They had to walk miles to get clean water. Our, when we were at First Baptist in Monticello, our church would go every year. They still do this, to my knowledge. Um, they they go every year and they dig wells in 
villages that don't have clean water so that those villages can have clean water. And that is being a blessing to others. And how can we do that? Well, we can't do it if we don't have the properties to do it. So we ask God to give it to us. We ask God to bless us. But you better be careful when you ask God to bless us. Because if you ask God to bless you, and then he blesses you, and you take his gift and you use it just for your own gain, that's where we get Isaiah and Jeremiah. I mean, that's where that happens, is that the nation was being blessed, and then they got greedy, and they began to oppress even their own poor and, and their, their, own, their own Jewish people and not take care of the widows and not take care of the orphans. And they begin to do this, and God brings punishment. And in Isaiah chapter 1, he says, I have beaten you from head to toe. You are black and blue from head to toe. There's not a sound part on your body left. And you're still just living in disobedience, even though all these beatings have been a warning of the beating that is to come. This is God talking. And he's not saying beating, but he does say black and blue from, top, from head to toe, that there's no sound part of your body, on your body, meaning that they've been disciplined. And now the big discipline is coming. And so we have to be careful. Yes, God bless us. Be gracious to us. Make your face to shine upon us. But when he does, we better be ready to use that for God's glory and not for our own selfish gain. And, and that's, that comes down to each one of us. We, each one of us has to be responsible for obeying God and knowing God and, and being good stewards of what he has given us. You know, it's just like, paying $15 for Razorback tickets. Is that really something I need to pay $15 on? Well, that's something that each one of us has to determine. And for me, I, I pray about things like that. I know that might sound weird to pray about something as small as $15, but I pray about it, and I think, okay, what, it, what good is going to come out of this? Well, it's, my son and I are going to have this great uh, experience that we can look back on for years. We, we get to experience his joy. We get to be around other people and, and build relationships and connections. I met a guy that was sitting next to me at the Regiment game who was from Mena. He grew up in Mena, actually board camp, uh, that area. And um, I, I got to talk to him. And a good friend of mine is a pastor there at board camp. And I, so I t we talked about that. And he went to the university in 79, and he's been there since. Just going to a Regiment game gave me an opportunity to love someone to know someone, and to glorify God. And so how are you using your blessings? Maybe you, you say, I, I need a new vehicle. You know, I, I would like a new vehicle. Um, and it's something that Rose and I pray about all the time. And at some point, I'm sure we will get a newer vehicle. But we've had our vehicles for 10 years, and they're still running, and they're still going. And we don't have any car payments and haven't had car payments for a long time. And when you're not paying $400 a month for a vehicle or $800 a month for two vehicles, that gives you a lot of money to be able to do missions. That gives you a lot of money to be able to help people in need. We have to be smart. We have to be good stewards. We, we, we have to be practical. Yes, God, bless us. Yes, God, give, pour your blessings out on me. But how we use those blessings, we each have a responsibility to go to God and ask him, how do we do this? How do we be faithful stewards of what you have given us? How can we make you known among the nations? If that's not part of your uh, calculating how you spend your money, then you're miscalculating. We, how can we make him known among the nations? I know that coming up next week, we're going to be taking up an offering, and 100% of, of what you designate to go to the children's home is going to the children's home. We won't keep 
any of that money that you say you want to go to the children's home, it all goes to the children's home. Hey, that's a great way to, to show love and to make him known. Because the people who work at the children's home, the, the, boy, uh, the boys and girls home in Monticello, um, Kelly Jones is leading it now. And Kelly is a friend of mine, and he is an incredible guy, um, loves Jesus, former pastor, and they are taking care of those kids. They've got house parents in all these different homes, and they've transitioned the way they do ministry because of state laws to where they are now accepting large family groups that would be separated. So siblings of like eight that get to come and live there together in the same home, and they have house parents that people who are giving their time, and they don't get paid much, but they're there, and they're, it's a mission for them. It's a ministry for them, and they're loving those kids. So that's a way. Lottie Moon Christmas offering is coming up where we're, we're going to take up that offering for a month, and all the money that you designate to go to Lottie Moon Christmas offering, 100% of it will go to the mission field, will go outside of us and go to do God's work among the nations. It will be given of course, to the International Mission Board who will use it um, to minister with, their, with our missionaries that are across the world. But what about you? What are you going to do? What are you going to do right here? Not to, Look, I am all about Southern Baptist missions and how we cooperate together to provide for these different things. I mean, that needs to be a priority, and it is a priority in our church and, and in my life. But we have to ask God, what has he called us to do also? What have you called me to do, God, right here? Has God called you to minister in some specific way? Do you, has he gifted you in some way? Are you hospitable? You know, Rose, we, we have people in our home, and, and she makes these meals that are incredible. I, literally, like this week, I'm, you know, I, I'm cheap. I'm very cheap, if, if you don't know that about me. And so this week, she made these pork chops. That is the best pork chops I've ever eaten in my life. And don't worry, this is my conclusion. I'm not going to talk about food and then hold you here for 20 more minutes. So it, it, I'm going to talk about food and then you get to go eat, okay? But she made these pork chops that were just incredible. And this homemade mac and cheese, it, I mean, I, it was the best mac and cheese I've ever had. I, I could, I, I'm going to eat some leftovers for lunch. They were so good. Anyway, I, I, I looked at her and I said, this would cost like $20 at Calico County. This is awesome. And, and she was like, oh, thank you. And, and, but, of course, I'm also just, like, thinking about money at, at the dinner table. It's sad. But anyway, um, God has gifted her in that way where she can use her, even more than cooking. I mean, we can all follow a recipe, right? And we might not be able to cook as good as Rose, but we can follow a recipe. We can make something. Well, maybe not some of us. But <laughs> anyway, uh, but... It's what Rose has is more than an ability to cook. She has, God has given her a spirit and a personality where people feel comfortable and welcome in her home. God has given her that gift. If she doesn't use that gift for his glory, then she is not being faithful. What gifts has God given you? And are you using those gifts for his glory? That's what we have to ask ourselves. So in conclusion, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples 
praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. There are people all around the globe. There are people right here in Mansfield who do not know Jesus and do not have hope. Even when when things are great, when things are going bad, whatever the case is, they don't have him to live their life for his glory. And they can't, but they can't unless someone shares the gospel with them, unless someone tells them the good news of Jesus Christ. And so let's go proclaim his fame among the nations. As Psalm 96 said, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Let's go do that. Let's go do that. And let's use the gifts that he has given us to be a blessing to others. Let's ask him, God bless us. In fact, tonight, when we come back at 6 p.m., one of the things that we're going to do is we are going to ask God to bless us. We're going to ask God to bless the other people in the room. We are going to ask for God's blessings in our lives. But we're also going to ask that God would help us to be good stewards because it is possible that 100% of what he blesses you with, he will want you to turn around and give it all away. That is a possibility. But praise God if that's what he asked me to do. I just want to serve him. I just want to honor him. I just want to ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. How awesome would it be if at the end of our lives we look back and we see the massive amount of blessings that God has given to others because he used us in our faithfulness. I, that's what I want. I want to get to the end of my life and I want to look around and I want to know I did everything I could to honor him and to live for him and to bless his name and to help others in their times of need and to show them the love of Christ. That, that should be the heart of missions. That should be the heart of how we spend our money, of why we give our tithes. That should be the heart of why we do what we do. How can we be? How can we be a minister? How can we be a priest? How can we be a missionary? How can we be an ambassador for Christ? How can we be those things? Well, we can be those things because he's going to be the one that provides the way. He's going to be the one that gives us the gifts. He's going to be the ones that give us the blessing so that we can be a blessing. And so, during this invitation, cry out to God. Ask him to bless you. Ask him to to help you to be a blessing to others. Maybe you're, you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so, before you can start being that blessing, before you can start being that funnel that God pours his blessings into to bless others, you have to have a relationship with God. You have to be blessed in that. And so maybe this morning is the morning that you cry out to Jesus for salvation. Call out, call on his name. He, he will hear you. Or maybe you're here this morning and you just need to, to turn to him right now and say, God, it's so hard for me to even think about this because there's so much chaos in my life right now. I don't know where to turn. Well, turn to him this morning. You respond to God in whatever way he's leading. Let's, let's stand. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll have our invitation. God, would you be gracious to us and bless us? Would you make your face to shine upon us? That Lord, you would help us to live our lives in a way where your face should shine upon us, Lord, where you're proud of, of who we are. In Christ, yes, but also because we are living in obedience to you. We are living in a way that makes you known among the nations. 
God, help us to be those people. I pray for those in here right now who are suffering. Sometimes it's hard to think about you as being a blessing and blessing us and blessing others when we have pain in our life, when we're going through things in our life. So I pray, Lord, that you would deal with that, those, uh, those issues of the heart and those issues of just the pragmatic issues that we deal with in day-to-day life, that you would be there to help us, Lord, in that. And God, that we would turn our attention to you and our focus to you, that we would desire, Lord, to be blessed by you so that we can be a blessing to others, so that we can make your name known among the nations. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You respond to God in whatever way he's leading. I'm right here if you need to come talk to him.